Hey everybody, it's your regular Tome Show producer, Jeff Greiner, and today we are going to give you something a little different. James has recently contacted me with an interest in doing some podcasting, and we're going to try him out here on the Tome Show's feed. So, I'm going to pass you over to his uh, to one of his concepts here, which is the Round Table, a regular short news show uh, focused on D&D, of course, as we tend to do over here at the Tome Show. So I'm going to pass it on over to James, and if you want to send me any feedback on the show and, and what have you, you can do that by emailing thetomeshow at gmail.com. Hello, welcome to the D&D Roundtable, a podcast where we take Dungeons & Dragons players with various gaming backgrounds and get their opinions on the latest news and events. Today's inaugural roundtable is going to be all about the D&D Next Playtest. I'm your host, James Intercasso. Joining me at the roundtable today is Greg Blair, Vegas Lancaster, Alex Basso, and Rudy Basso. Gentlemen, welcome. Uh, so we're talking about the announcement that their playtest materials will no longer be available, which means the playtest, as we know, has truly come to a, a close. Um, and we're going to be talking a little bit about what this means for us and what sort of changes we've loved so far and what we would like to see happen in the future. Uh, so just uh, as a jumping off point, Alex, I'd like to ask you overall, how happy are you with the playtest and how much do you think things are going to change? Uh, overall, I've definitely been happy with the playtest and I like the way it's going. Um, I feel like it's I'm kind of surprised that it just ended now. Um, I feel like they really started to find, like, a good path. They were going down it, and now they're just kind of cutting it off. Do I think there's going to be more changes? I can't imagine that this will be the final release and that the actual final build is going to be pretty much copied from what they have now. But, I mean, I'm happy with how it's going. Gotcha, gotcha. What kind of stuff would you like to see changed? I really want more work done on feats. The the system they're using, I think they kind of implemented not that many playtests ago. And it, they just kind of seem to, to think that this is this is what they're going to go with. I still think it needs a lot of work. The classes I like. I like how the classes are turning out. Um, so I'm hoping they just work on feats more. Would you rather have more feats that do a little bit less like we've had in 3rd and 4th edition? Definitely more feats. One of my favorite things about D&D is picking feats. Um, right now, I believe you get them every four levels. And, you know, that's five. If, if you go with the expected cap of 20, um, then, you know, that's five feats. And considering you have to choose now between ability score and feats, mm. I, I feel like most players are going to take at least one level of ability scores as well. So four feats, basically, four feats minimum or max. I, I don't know. I really, really kind of miss that. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, Rudy, how about you? How are you feeling about the playtest overall? How many changes do you think we're going to see, and what would you like to see uh, changed before the final product is released? Yeah, I agree with Alex that I'm pretty happy with the, the classes and then the subclasses within them. I think they're all very unique, and they all play differently. Uh, I'd like to see another spellcaster, offensive spellcaster. I think that, the, you know, the I would have liked to see uh, some sort of sorcerer, or I'm, I'm really curious about the warlock, which they've announced. I'd like to see some sort of, um, yeah, ranged spellcaster. Uh, but overall, it's definitely a different game from 4th Ed. It's definitely a different game from 3.5, and that's really exciting in a lot of ways. 
Yeah, I totally agree uh, with those sentiments. I definitely want to see some more variety, particularly in the arcane casters, but I am definitely very excited with the direction things have been going in. Uh, Greg, how about you? How do, how do you feel overall, and how do you feel everything's been going? I love that they brought D&D back to kind of a more dangerous area. It, it does really feel like they've got a nice marriage of 3-5 and 4th ed with a smattering of older stuff thrown in. I never felt like my characters were in danger in 4th ed. And, and it seems like each combat, every kind of action means something a little more now. I think they cut off the playtest now because they want to save some surprises. And because it's been such such an open playtest, they want to maybe hold a few things close to the belt, which is probably why you know, they're just sort of teasing us now with the Warlock. The, I will say the most exciting thing they did, which I was really sad that they killed, um, as far as we know, was the that crazy sorcerer class uh, from, was it last summer? Something like that. It seemed like it was a long time ago. That was really interesting to me because it was so different from what they'd done before. So I hope that they come up with a little more kind of more unique ways of differentiating the classes, making things really spread out like that. Um, I do like the big powerful feats in contrast to what Alex was saying a little bit, uh, but it does seem like portions of them, you know, if you take heavy armor mastery, well, you gain proficiency with heavy armor, but probably anyone that's going to take that already has that. So you're kind of losing a bullet there, you know, a little overlap, but we'll see what, what they fine tune with it. Yeah, I have to say, I totally agree with you about the lethality of the game. Um, feels way more lethal than 4th edition, and I think that that also helps increase the pace of combat, um, mm. which for me is a big thing. I feel like 4th edition, you could get bogged down uh, in trying to kill like the last couple goblins or whatever, and it just uh, it would take forever as you went through that kind of combat experience, especially as you got higher in level. I also agree, we'll touch on this a little bit more later, I definitely want to see the return of that sorcerer class in some way. I am 100% on board with you there. Vegas, how about you? How, how are you feeling with everything? Uh, overall, what's, what's your general sensibility? Do you like the direction things are heading in? Uh, well, like you guys have been saying, uh, you and Greg were saying about speed of combat, I am all about uh, fifth ed taking combat and making it fly by because uh, combat's boring when it takes two hours. Uh, and, you know, mm. if I want to play a two hour combat, I'll play Warhammer. And, and in fourth ed, I felt like it would just drag on forever. And uh, like you guys were saying, since it wasn't a very lethal experience it would both drag on and not be very important uh, <laughs> uh i i mean i found myself in fourth ed just waiting to get through combat so we could get back to role playing or fiddling around with weird skills and stuff uh, <laughs> another thing i like about fifth ed uh if that or next uh whatever you want to call it uh i i like the way they're handling magic i'm sure we'll talk about that a lot um, but I, I think it's, uh, you know, hearkening back to when magic was interesting and different, uh, from, uh, fighting with your hands or fighting with bows and arrows or whatever. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I like. I like those things a lot. Yeah, I definitely like that, uh, your spell selection, you have a lot more than your attack spells and they sort of have incorporated the ritual aspect of 4th edition in that 
certain spells can be cast as rituals in lieu of preparing them. And right now, it's not even an extra cost. You just add, a, like, I think 10 minutes onto the casting time. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but how do you feel about the, the Vancian style of casting, you know, um, that you have X number of leveled spells per day as opposed to dailies and encounters and at-will spells and that kind of thing. Obviously, you, you're level zero, or I guess they're not even calling them level zero in this edition. But cantrips? Yes, yeah. yes, thank you. Your cantrips are your at-wills, but uh, are you more of a fan of the Vancian, or are you more of a fan of the uh, 4E style? I, I, I think, you know, they're both fine approaches, uh... I think there's something interesting about preparing spells per day. Uh, maybe the boring thing about that is you're always going to pick the same spells unless you're really expecting to use one for a particular reason. Uh, but what you were saying about being able to prepare or use an unprepared spell as a ritual, I think that's a great idea. And I also like that you these ritual-type spells, if you have it prepared, you, know, you can use it rather than, again, in 4th Ed, I think the spell, the non-combat spells that are really interesting and can have interesting effects in combat, they really didn't want you using in combat, so you had to spend 10 minutes whenever you wanted to cast it, um, which made it not appropriate when combat goes in 6-second increments. That's true. That is very true. Uh, Rudy, I actually want to ask you that same question about fancy and casting versus non. We all play D&D together in various weekly games, but I know that you played in 4th edition, you played a wizard, and then you played a cleric here in the D&D Next playtest. Do you have a preference? Um, I like, I mean, when you do, I played the wizard from 1 to 30 in our 4th ed, so it's really neat to be cautious with your spells in a way. To know that, okay, I have only a certain amount of spells. I can't fall back on something really cool necessarily with my encounter. So I need to make sure that this is the perfect time to use it. And that kind of risk makes it more alluring. Uh, at the same time, it can also mean that you know, you're know you out of luck if you blow your big spells immediately. But knowing, okay, this, this is the right moment. It, it makes the the mage or the wizard or whatever way more of an important piece in a battle. Yeah, that is definitely true. Uh, that's that's an interesting perspective. Um, and I guess we can get into it now. I wanted to talk a little bit about the classes in this current playtest. Um, so uh, we've seen a lot of iterations, particularly of the core four, the fighter, the wizard, the cleric, and the rogue. You know, we've gone through having maneuvers, not having maneuvers, having skills, not having skills, having small feats, having big feats, having, <laughs> uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. The current packet as it stands, I'm actually pretty happy with we know a couple of things already about what changes are going to be made like there's not going to be an overall mage class anymore uh there's going to be uh you know a class separate classes for the wizard and the sorcerer and whatever else we might see so what i want to know uh from you guys and greg why don't we start with you is sort of your overall opinions right now, the classes, and are there any for you that are not working that you feel need a big overhaul still? I will say that I do. I really like the approach that they were kind of going where they have sort of the archetypical class and then they have 
builds or subclasses or however you want to call it, you know, the different options that you pick within each class once you hit third um, for your specific path. But I'm actually really excited that they're breaking out the wizard in, or the mage into separate classes with wizard as the um, typical, you know, Vancean's spellcaster, what we all think of as a wizard, um, because then it'll potentially allow for more variety with the other spellcasting classes. Like, I thought that that first sorcerer they put in the place was so cool because it was so different. It wasn't just, oh, well, you get fewer, you get more spells, but you get a few, a smaller selection of possible spells. Like, it wasn't thir- um, three, five, you know, it was actually really different method of spellcasting. So, hopefully, with separate classes, they'll feel more free to mix it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I'm sure you can tell by now that crazy dragon blood melee sorcerer is something that I'd be really thrilled to see come back. I don't think it will, but the guy can have dreams, right? <laughs> I, I will definitely uh, second that. Um, and uh, Alex, why don't I throw it to you? Because uh, Greg talked a little bit about how much he likes the, uh, you know, the different subclasses and the and the options and stuff with that. But I know you feel like there's still not enough options within certain classes. And I know you and I agree that we both think the paladin's pretty weak. So why don't you talk a little bit about classes <laughs> and uh, how how you're feeling about them right now? What kind of what you think the strengths are? Where you think the weaknesses are? And um, what classes you would see overhauled for sure. Yeah, so I, mean, I definitely think, I mean, just my initial impressions from going through the classes is a lot of stuff seems really cool. Like, it all seems really powerful. It's pretty diverse. Um, but when it comes down to, like, builds, I'm not the biggest fan of the build paths right now. Uh, pretty much every class has two choices, with maybe, I think, the cleric and the wizard having the option of three different builds. But, uh, you know, each build, pretty much, you, you choose a path at level three, and then over the course of the next 17 levels, you get a couple different abilities, and they're given to you based on that initial decision you make at level three. So it's kind of—I feel like it's really restrictive. There's not much choice. You know, you're going to be—are you going to be a fighter that uh, you know focuses on weapons or focuses on maneuvers? And you're pretty much—if you choose maneuvers, you're going to be just like every other maneuver uh, fighter. The, the classes themselves, like I said, pretty diverse. The only one that I really feel could use a little more defined you know, abilities is the paladin. The Paladin to me, it's got a chunk of stuff from Cleric, a chunk of stuff from Fighter, and then maybe one or two actual unique abilities. Uh, it seems more like a hybrid class than anything. Um, which, I mean, the Paladin always has kind of been, but it just really kind of stands out as the the least unique among the group. And it's funny because I feel like of those characters, the D&D Paladin is so well-defined in people's minds um, mm-hmm. You know, that he should have some really kick-ass, uh, totally his own kind of abilities, and it seems like he he doesn't, he does, you know, he gets I mean, he's got lay on hands, hands. And, yeah. um, you know, and uh, rather than detect evil, he detects more specific kinds of creatures um, and that kind of thing. But, you, you know, I want him to, I don't know, I do, I want him to be better defined than just a, a great mix of a cleric and fighter. I agree. Um, Rudy, how about you, man? How are you feeling about classes? Uh, I'm pumped about the classes. I don't really think that they, in 4th Ed, you had your, you know, roles, your striker, your control, your tank, etc. I don't know that you can necessarily throw all these guys into those kind of roles. 
I think that each one is lethal in a lot of different ways and has a lot of um, different opportunities. Um, I'm also really pumped to see the monk, which isn't really like one of your classic D and D initial classes that you expect from your first player's handbook. Uh, it's usually in maybe the second or like a supplement. So it's neat to see the monk. I think the monk is a really cool class. I think they've done a lot of really neat things. Again, I would love to see that sorcerer too. Everyone likes a sorcerer. Bring <laughs> it back. I don't know why they got rid of it. Yeah, I, I don't know why either. I really <laughs> just want that. Uh, want to see that class come back either as like a hex. It was so red. Yeah, yeah, it was so yeah. good. Uh, and Vegas, how about you? Uh, how is the look of classes overall to you? Do you like what you're seeing? Do you like? Do you think the overall number is good? Obviously, we may we're going to see a few more. We know about the warlock already. That kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to forget that it's it's still a play test. So I, I don't think you can criticize the number of available classes. I mean, you know, you've got ten in front of you right now. Now, which for a play test i think is a ton um <laughs> True. yeah even for the first player's uh, handbook and that's a lot. Uh, you know the 10 that they have out I, I think if if i had to write down 10 classes i would expect to see in D D, it would be these uh so uh that's uh, that's correct um i guess i don't know correct the right word uh but the uh one thing i'm loving is how different each class is how unique they seem you know i i was a fourth ed apologist for as long as we were playing it all the criticism hey man, there's no apology necessary for fourth ed i i i'm you know the more i see of D D next the more i no longer feel the need to defend fourth ed because i'm like oh, oh look uh, something better hooray <laughs> uh, and the classes i definitely feel that way in that respect they um you know, you all you filled your particular role in fourth ed, but besides that, it was all kind of samey. Uh, and these these classes appear to be doing what they're supposed to do um, in, in terms of being unique unto the unto themselves. Yeah, I, I have to agree that the uh, that the role thing. I think uh, breaking that mold is a good thing. So now it's not like, oh, the bard is pretty much like the cleric and they're both pretty much like the shaman. And, you know, I think that now that we can break out of those roles, you can have a wizard who can deal a lot of damage to a single target or can do some more controllery things. You know, you can have a fighter who's more of a striker or more of a defender. You know, I think that kind of thing uh, is, is going to allow some more flexibility. So with that in mind, how much 4th edition has made it into this game, and is it enough for you? For me, I feel like the good things that have come over are all really good. Um, like the at-will spells, definitely a thing that you want to see. I don't want to play Spellcaster who at first level has to bust out his crossbow and dagger, you know, because yeah. he blew his one magic missile. Um, so <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's great. Uh, you know, I think we see those aspects in a couple of other things, but uh, but how are you guys feeling? I mean, like, uh, you know, Alex, uh, we heard what you said about feats. Uh, are you feel like those are uh, important to customizing your character? And do you think we should have the big feats in place of an ability score or do you think we should have ability scores and then feats are a separate thing and then how do you make that customizable so players who don't want to play with feats aren't at a huge disadvantage 
which is the problem that Wizards is facing, and I think that's why they made these much bigger, broader, more powerful feats, so they could equal an ability score. Uh, if you yeah. don't want them in your game, you would get an increase instead. Honestly, I wouldn't mind if they just dropped ability score. Mm. Uh, I feel like it's... I mean, I know right now they cap it at 20, so pretty much means if you want to max out your character, you're going to take plus two once, because most people will start at 18. Uh, I wouldn't mind if they just dropped ability score um, improvement overall and just made it so that you know you had a feat every four levels um, just to make sure you're taking that choice that will diversify from the, the rest of um, you know your, the people in your class. Uh and then also, I wouldn't mind seeing more just in build or in class choices. Like the way I like builds, but like, couldn't they maybe give you more options instead of choosing once at level three? You know, what path you're going to go on? Maybe make instead of having one choice at level three, you know, maybe five choices of different abilities throughout the level up process. You know, I just I just want to you know see characters be a little different, not so cookie cutter, which I think could be an, a problem here. I um, mean, some of the classes, I think, are handled better. Like, if you look at the monk, um, the monk has a build path where every four levels, they choose between four different abilities. I like that a lot. That's pretty cool. Why can't they do that with everyone? All right, guys, real quick, I want to go around the table and uh, tell me what classes you would want to see added to the ones we currently have. We know Wizards is going to put out more. We don't know if they're going to be in the core rule books or not, but we know they're going to be there eventually. So, And we, we can definitely state right now we know we want some version of that sorcerer back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> definitely. Um, uh, so, uh, but aside from that, uh, that sorcerer, and we know we're going to see a warlock, a warlock. Uh, we've heard about that. Um, but yeah. as, aside from that, what else do you guys want to see? Uh, is there anything in particular you're missing? Uh, you know, I love psionics. I'd love to see the scion uh, mm. definitely show up. Um, so, uh, Greg, what do you lo- want to see? I Honestly, you know, I hadn't thought about the scion just because it hasn't been in the game. You know, we've been playtesting since it came out, so I haven't thought about that in a while. I, I'm going to go with you on that. The, I always thought the psionic systems were kind of cool. Uh, especially the kind of old school, um, you know, the older psionics, but before fourth ed stuff, because let's, let's be honest, fourth ed psionics, they had the side points and stuff, but you were basically just casting spells. It was, it was a little different there, but I, I would actually say that I don't want them to add too many more classes, you know, maybe throw in a few more different caster options, but you know, I don't want a warlord, for example, because, you know, throw some feats in for a fighter. Like, anyone can be a warlord. It's about commanding people. We don't need a whole class for that. I'm, I'm wary of what happened with, you know, all the different splat books that came out for 3-5. or was, oh, here's a new class. Check it out. This is completely overpowers this old class. You know, I'd rather see them make the classes they have a little more well-defined, give a little more options, like Alex was saying, and maybe a few different spellcasting traditions to, to really differentiate the classes but I think you know maybe some psionics and the, the two spellcasters that I mentioned I'd be pretty happy just with that gotcha well and is I think that's also the thing like I think what you'll see are a lot of subclasses come out that are going to be yeah. optional you know like there'll probably be some sort of defiler maybe wizard subclass when they come out with dark sun or or that kind mm-hmm. of thing and the question is 
you know, are we happy with that or do we want a complete class overhaul, I guess? Which is an interesting question because uh, you don't want to have too much bloat. I think it's great to have all those options, but I think too much bloat can turn off players and then certain classes get supported more than others in these supplemental mm-hmm. materials and stuff. I think that's... That is a difficult thing to sort of sort out. Rudy, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with Craig. If you're going to introduce something new, make sure it's really different than everything else. Like something weird, like a sword mage or like an, maybe even an Avenger. Just something that is completely separate. I agree that you should. they should be focusing on putting subclasses in for the bigger classes. And they are, like, you think about it. Maybe you could make Paladin a subclass of Cleric, the way it's built right now, or a subclass of Fighter, because it's, as Alex said, it's not that much different. That is that is too crazy? Re- no, that's, that's really that's interesting. Too, that's too crazy. Crazy, man. I th- that's I too think, crazy. Paladin. I think people I think it, might uh, riot if there's not a Paladin <laughs> class, but I mean, I think the, that's yeah. a good point. Is From a know, mechanic standpoint, it's not that different. Yeah, mm. and well, and I think that kind of thinking is is also really good certainly the play test is about inclusion and not alienating people but uh you know i think that's really very interesting um uh vegas lock my door after this comes out yeah <laughs> uh, yeah watch I, I don't know i i uh i i i really like the paladin being its its own class because it's got <laughs> historical traction going back to first edition Next. um As in I, different. I, I i do think it's been uh maybe since the early editions had that problem of them not really knowing what to do with it uh, i'd really like to see them find a, a way to make it an interesting unique class while preserving historical integrity <laughs> in the brand um <laughs> Besides that, though, I, I'm kind of on board with you guys. I feel like the class bloat is one of the things that shows that an ad- an addition is kind of on its way out. I would like to see psionics included at some point in the future because they're always weird and confusing and people who aren't playing them don't understand them. And I like that about them. <laughs> uh, and I'm, you know, no doubt that they'll include them at some point, whether it's from the start or a little later on. Uh, I am actually pretty curious about the economics of how they're going to release game mechanics and classes and things, whether they're going to try to sell a lot of books or whether they're going to have a more maybe a subscription based thing to generate income for next. I'm because right now people, you know, they release slap books and people just steal PDFs of them. (laughs) Uh, And I'm curious what their financial game plan is and how that's going to affect players. Yeah, I think they're still being pretty quiet about products, but uh, at the last Gen Con, uh, it was sort of implied that uh, we can expect PDFs probably, and we can expect some form of a D&D insider type thing for this, Um, you know, with some interactive... Maybe maybe we'll get that, you know, that super awesome game table with customizable miniatures and stuff. That <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this at, this, jokes. at this point <laughs> in the future, you know, you should have you should be able to subscribe to D&D next and have everything you want on your laptop or on a tablet 
in a smooth, easy-to-use interface. And you should be able to play with your friends who are in different states online through a wizard system. You know, that's what they ought to be doing, I think. Yeah. Uh, they did. They, it didn't work. That's why they got rid of it, right? Yeah, yeah they, they did a really crappy job with it. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, you can put a voice masks on. That was pretty cool, right? <laughs> the voice masks were pretty fun on the... Well, and I think perhaps also there weren't a lot of people playing 4E. Which I mean, wasn't it technically table. still in beta, too? It was. It never got it out was. of beta. So there yeah. weren't a lot of tiles, and there weren't a lot of... And uh, we all know there's other services out there that you can use to, to play your games. So, um, you know, that's sort of how it's been going. Uh, better so, services? Well, yeah, they they were better. I You know, I think that, uh, that like, Roll20... Shut up. Uh, Roll20... You know, we that's what we use to play our weekly games, and I think that there's a reason we switched over. You know, it's it's got more options. You can bring in your own stuff, and I haven't checked in on the table. I know somebody else uh, took it over, so then the, the it, I, and they had plans to grow it and make it big and better. So it may be that may be the case. Um, you know, but we'll have to see. Uh, but uh, but I want to hear from Alex Basso. About what classes he wants to see in the next. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I really want to say Warlord because I love the idea of that you know, <laughs> martial leader. But, you know, I, I agree with what's been saying here. They don't need another class. I just don't think it's that different enough. They could put in, easily put in Warlord properties to a fighter. Um, so, yeah, I mean, unless they're really bringing in something unique, and what is there besides Psionic? Something, it might be, maybe like a character that only focuses on knowledge like a, a doctor is that would that be fun to play i don't know i mean what really unique i feel like they cover so much here they did such a good job that they could just expand on everything different kind of caster classes what we know the warlock's coming and we think the sorcerer will, will be back yeah exactly i think i mean i think you're totally right and we should get into uh, this is probably for another time because this is a bigger discussion, but we should get into at one point magical healing versus non-magical and how does that exactly work flavor-wise with the, yeah. with the martial healer like the warlord. Which Rub is- some dirt on it. It really doesn't uh, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you would get definitely up, fine. <laughs> get an infection. So there's <laughs> one more thing. I want to hit you guys with a real quick lightning round question before we go which is just transitioning from classes a little bit into the races. Uh, This uh, latest packet introduced us to a lot of races. You know, we have the Drow in there. We have the Warforged. uh, We've got the Kender, uh, which is a Dragonlance race similar to Halflings that I know Greg hates. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so, so I want to hear from you guys two things. One is how do you feel about monstrous races? I know some people are like, no, they, they're not PC races. We shouldn't have them. And, uh, how do you feel about like, what are some other races you would want to see? For me, my opinion is I love everything, 
bring in everything. I love the weird stuff. I love the shard mind who is, you know, the giant crystal <laughs> beings. Hell like, yeah. You know, that's that's when I, when it comes to races versus classes, I feel like it's a fantasy game. The sky's the limit. You know, it's only as big as your imagination, so go for whatever you want. But I know some people feel it should be much closer based on its, you know, Lord of the Rings source material that you should only have <laughs> Halflings, dwarves, elves, and humans, and that's it. Uh, so, I don't know. Rudy, what do you think? I hate Dragonborn. Go to Dragonborn. <laughs> Why you do you Dragon hate Dragonborn, Dragonborn? you said? I, just, I hate a Dragonborn. They're weird. I don't care for them, sir. No, which, thank you. which kind, though? All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, because that, uh, that is actually... A lot of people hate Dragonborn, because they think they're weird, and dragons <laughs> are for fighting, not for playing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wow! Wow! I didn't know. I like Warforged though, so that doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, I agree with you, James. It, there, this isn't a huge impact on gameplay. It's just for funsies. Have whatever cares. Totally, like, totally. But I think when people get into the organized play stuff, you know, I mean, like your uh, home game. Obviously, it's D and D. Do whatever you want. You know, but I think for when you get into organized play and people are like, oh, I don't want to be at a convention and play with a shard mine. That's weird. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I, I do think it gets a little murkier. But yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, as far as my opinion is. But I don't know. What do you think, Greg? Dude, I love monster races. I think they're awesome because they're they're really out there. You do a lot of different things to them. Maybe that makes me a lazy RP kind of guy because I feel like, oh, well, look at these cool, cool hooks that you can have with the monster race. But you are correct. I don't know why they have a Kender in this packet. I love Dragonlance. I've read probably 90% of the Dragonlance books. If you know anything about Dragonlance, there's probably like 200 of those damn things. But why the heck are Kender in the playtest packet? They're just... they're. It's not enough, man. Get get them out of here. Just make them like a make them a racial variant of something. They're not. They don't deserve their own slot. I don't think. Dragonlance is going to be the official setting. That's why, bro. You just broke it. <laughs> and I'll and I'll go play my my Dragonlance inspired Dragonborn any day of the week because they are awesome. They have a special name, right? Don't they? Draconians. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thought, so they're like corrupted corrupted dragon eggs. That's so cool. I yeah. thought that I liked how they wedded that they wedded that backstory in to kind of join the, the fourth Ed dragon with the original genesis of draconians kind of thing. It's pretty neat. Alex, same question. Races, how do you feel about them? Uh, I'm with the in the more races the better camp. I mean, the only thing I really don't want to see are races that I guess are classified as large or you know extra large size. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want them bringing in the extra damage rules for larger weapons and. Stuff like that. You know, I mean, races, what's wrong with making more races? It's more options. I like it. You're right. Those large races, somebody playing an ogre could break the game. (laughs) Yes, Um, and they come in with their, like, 1D20 or 1D12 or something club. Yeah, that's why they have your special medium-sized minotaur for PC playing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's a little bit smaller. How about you, Vegas? Uh, I, I'm on the same board as you guys. I think, uh, more races, the better. I am a little wary about, um, I, I think people's 
wariness about monstrous races comes from earlier editions when you had the level level adjustments for being (laughs) powerful monstrous classes. And, uh, you know, I don't want to see anything like that. Uh, But I love uh, – I don't want to say racial diversity, but that's what I'm going to say. And I think uh, Wizards uh, intellectual property department would agree with me in saying I love the races – that are unique to D&D that aren't Lord of the Rings inspired or generic fantasy like the drow are D&D specific the uh, the illithid uh, the warforged are a great example of that I love that stuff yeah I agree the, the more uniquely D&D things uh, I think are really going to help them from a brand perspective sell the game as well so Uh, Well, guys, I think that's going to do it for this inaugural roundtable podcast. I know Alex and Greg do not want to be found, but Rudy, where can (laughs) all of the people who love the Paladin find you? (laughs) Uh, My Twitter is at Rudy Basso, so feel free to um, harass me. (laughs) You got it. And uh, Vegas, where can people find you? Oh, man. Uh, On Twitter, I'm at Vegas Lancaster. Uh, if you're in the Philadelphia area, I do comedy all around that area. I do stand-up. I do improv with the end crowd. If you're a little kid, I do story-up children's improv in Philadelphia. And if you're a nerd, which you obviously are listening to this, uh, I'm also with Plus Two Comedy, and we do stand-up at nerd conventions along the East Coast. Oh, nice, nice. And that's at Vegas Lancaster. Vegas, like the most exciting city in America, and Lancaster, like the least exciting city in America. Correct. (laughs) Uh, And uh, you can find me at James Intracasso. That's I-N-T-R-O-C-A-S-O. Just signed up today for this podcast. So, uh, guys, thanks for listening. Thank you to Greg, Vegas, Alex, and Rudy. Keep on rolling and keep on listening to the roundtable.